This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with The App Show, one of Canada's uh, most popular tech radio shows. I'm your host, Mike Agarbo, here with John Beeler. We talk all about the world of apps, so not just for smartphones, but for cars, for TVs, and we talk about the latest mobile tech as well. In today's show, we're going to be talking about using iPhone and like iPad apps on your MacBook. On your new MacBook. On your new MacBook. You need an M1 MacBook. Okay. You can't use it on the old ones. No. So that's kind of cool. So if you've got some favorite apps that you use on your iPhone, you could use it like the same thing right on your MacBook. Yeah. It it was announced as part of uh, the sort of the latest convergence of iOS, iPadOS, and macOS from Apple. And it really requires the M1 chipset. But we're going to talk all about it uh, in an upcoming segment and some of the cool things you can do once you've uh, turned this feature on. We'll also be talking about the App Store Awards, some of the best apps and games of the year. So uh, you'll want to stay tuned for that to make sure you're getting the most out of your phone and tablet. And uh, we've got a lot of app news as well, John. So we're going to start off here uh, talking about the ArriveCan app. You've used it. Yeah. Yeah. I've had challenges with it. The first time I used it, I was coming back from New York from a business trip. And I, I don't know. I'm a smart guy when it comes to apps. And I couldn't make it work properly. And it made me quarantine for 14 <laughs> days. And every day, every day it checked in on me. Okay, you're quarantining. You got to send this information. I'm like, there was no way to yeah. get out of that. Yeah. Well, it apparently hasn't been very seamless for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are having that same issue now. Yeah. Well, it's if it even works. Yeah. Because that's the other problem. Some people aren't even even able to get it to work. Recently, though, federal government made it so that you can actually use the ArriveCan website. Okay. To be- do that instead. Better. Yeah. Because not everyone has a smartphone. Right. And that's that's the accessibility issue that yeah. the app had. And you keep on. You have to do this at your destination or where you're coming from before yeah. you get to Canada. Yeah. So you can't just do this at the airport. No. You have to do this. Be- prior to that because generally right now you unless you have some kind of an exemption you have to have a negative covid test result and you tell the arrive can app that you have that you don't actually upload the results to the app but you do upload your vaccination passports to the app yes so you need to do all the stuff like before you leave mexico or california or wherever you are and get back to canada and if you don't you could be subject to fines you could get turned around and sent back. And you also probably going get, to get quarantined. It was funny. We were in Europe on uh, a business trip as well, coming back uh, from Budapest. Yeah. And I remember in the airport, it was, I've never seen anything like it, John. Yeah. It wasn't like overly busy because there's just not as many flights as there was before. But there was just a lot of mayhem and crying because the check-in agents are checking it. Then the gate agents are checking for you know, the vaccinations. And of course they're checking for the arrive can app. Yeah. And I'm just looking at, there was a lot of older people that just couldn't figure it out. And everyone's crying and it was horrendous. Well, yeah, because the, the gate staff had to basically deny these people. Yes. We kept seeing like, cause we, we had quite a long layover Yeah, and we kept hearing the same story, different person every 10 or 15 minutes. It was awful. We were traveling with one of our uh, journalist friends, Ted Kritsonos is on the show all the time. And he, st- he kept stopping to help people. And I'm like, Ted, don't make eye contact. <laughs> and I know that sounds horrible, but they're, 
their problems are more than Ted could figure out. Well, yeah, th- this is stuff they should And he almost missed the flight because of it. Right. Yeah. And this is stuff that they should have figured out before they got to the airport. Yeah. Or, and or, the airport and the airlines should have more staff available to help people. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that just couldn't figure out. Anyway, with ArriveCan now, they've made some changes to make it a little bit easier, from what I understand. A little bit. When it works. Okay. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of been the problem is that sometimes the app hasn't been working or it doesn't save your stuff properly because it does ask for quite a lot of stuff. And you do have the ability to save while you're doing it, but you come back in later or the next day to, fit, to complete the, the, the setup or the filling in all your form stuff and all your stuff's gone. You got to do it all over again. Yeah. So. But now you can give that information at the border. Well, yeah. But again- Not that I'd want to- no, but it's just going to delay everything, you know, like it just adds so much extra time. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll keep uh, on top of that just to see if they can uh, make any improvements. John, 5G. Um, this is interesting. We, we've chatted about this. The FAA down in the U.S. is, uh, I guess, challenging the rollout of 5G, the next generation of 5G networks down there for mobile phones, saying that it interferes with airplanes' ability to tell how high they are, Yeah, their altitude. Yeah, we talked about this last week on the show with Brian Jackson. Yes. And the this whole idea of this um, this certain spectrum of 5G, the, the latest and greatest, as I called it last week, the Gucci version. The Gucci version, yes. Yeah, um, and it's basically has come to fruition where they basically said, you know what? You can't roll this out until we solve this problem. But that hasn't really happened in any other jurisdiction, has it? No. Well, in Canada is not a problem. No. That I know of. Well, we're also not utilizing that spectrum yet. No. That's the thing. In the States, they've been using it for a while. You Remember when the uh, first 5G iPhone came out? They yeah. made a big deal about it, but it only really worked like in one part of downtown Manhattan <laughs> in LA where, where they had the special spectrum towers set up. Yeah. Right. Everywhere else was sort of like the, the, the wish.com version of 5G. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was the budget version. So it wasn't true 5G. It was more like LTE plus. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to keep on top of this. Uh, hopefully they, they work all that out. Instagram ahead of, uh, I guess, some congressional hearings on child safety have come out with a new feature to allow people, and specifically children and teens, to use a new feature called Take a Break on Instagram, where you can set up a timer, like 10, 20, or 30 minutes, and once that timer's up, it'll basically tell you to get off Instagram. (laughs) The feature that no one ever uses. Who? What teen? What teen in the world is going to use that feature? Nobody. Nobody. It's like if I drink too much and I only put two beers in my fridge. So on on TikTok, uh, yeah. if you scroll for too long, yeah, they actually show you a video that says, "Hey, whoa, 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 slow down. Yeah, go take a break. Go get some water. Yeah, but you can just keep scrolling. It doesn't actually stop you from using the app. No. And this is the same case here. And this one you have to opt into. Again, what teen is going to opt in? They, it's like parental controls with like no lock yeah like the honor system (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know john it's a problem right so that that was one of the features another thing they talked about is teens uh attention and focus on like too much focus on one specific subject 
Right. And they said that if they find that, they're going to start diverting them into other topics. So who, who gets to decide what those topics are? Well, presumably the algorithm. Yeah. But again, they could be talking or focused on, say, fashion and maybe body image, and they get directed to other content that maybe is even worse, like drugs or alcohol or something else. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know what the answer here, John, is. Like, I think social media is like a Pandora's box, you know? it. I, I think, can we get it back in? No. No. No, it's out. So, but... What do we do? Like, it, it is a problem for teens. Like, I had, my, my kids are grown up now, but, you know, a couple of them had some real problems yeah. with social media and, and cyberbullying. Yeah. No, th- there's no simple answer. If there was, we wouldn't be talking about this kind of flimsy parental control system. And so I know we're being really hard on Instagram right now. They are owned by Facebook, which we're really hard on <laughs> all the time. But what can they do? Should have they been more thoughtful? Like they're just making up as they go along as well. They could they have foreseen all of this? I guess I'm. Yeah, they could have. You think? Yeah. Well, they're being called out in Congress right now, Facebook in general, about the fact that they knew they were doing wrong. Yes. But they were chasing the dollar instead. Yeah. Right. How is that going to be any different on Instagram? Well, they're chasing that dollar as well. Exactly. Like what? What? What could we do? Pay attention to what your kids are doing. Yeah. But that's not always possible. That's not possible. Yeah. Like these, these little phones, they're addictive. It's like crack cocaine. Yeah. I can only it's, imagine what I would have done if I had one when I was a kid. So it's interesting, John. I look over at China and you see what they did there with online gaming. It's like one hour a week. Yeah. But I, when I was a kid. Yes. I always was the one that knew more about what was going on in technology than my parents did. And I was the one that figured out all the ways around the parental controls and stuff like that. So how is that any different now when the kids know how to use an iPhone blindfolded yeah. versus their parents, which can barely get their clock radio going. Can't use their RiveCan app. No, exactly. <laughs> no, but so China's recognized it's a problem. Too much screen time. But again, kids are going to figure out a VPN way around that system. I guess, but it will shut down a lot of the, the well, kids. Well, the casual people, yeah, yeah, for sure. So do we have to be draconian that way? Well, I, I, I wouldn't want it to go that far, but I don't have kids, so I, I, I'm not in that boat. It's hard. It's a problem. Like, I've seen it firsthand, and you know, I know a lot of parents whose kids have had issues with, with it as well. And it's, I think it's caused more harm than good unless you're an influencer unless you're an influencer that's all that matters I know they want to grow up and be an influencer I know okay bunch of old white men here talking (laughs) (laughs) we've got a great show we're going to be uh, covering some of the best apps and games of the year we'll also be doing a a holiday gift guide around tablets you're listening to the app show back after this you are back with the app show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Don't forget to enter our new contest. We've uh, got the Philips Hue Smart Lighting Contest. We're giving away over $1,000 in smart lighting prize packs. Philips Hue is one of the, uh, probably the best smart lighting companies out there right now. And they've got all sorts of things from LED strips to the bulbs to entertainment smart lighting as well to like take your movies and gaming to the next level. All you need to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. And look for the giant photo on the homepage at the top, the Phillips Hue giveaway blog post. Stephen's written up all the details you need to know about the contest. And you can get extra chance 
chances to win as well if you follow the instructions. And here's a pro tip. Subscribe to our newsletter if you're not already doing it because there'll be secret codes in there too. Okay, let's uh, talk about apps and specifically right now about iOS apps. So if you're an iPhone user or iPad user, that's what you do. You download your favorite apps from banking to games to productivity. Well, you can actually load those apps onto the new MacBooks. So it has to be the MacBook with the M1 chip. Yeah, this could be an Air, it could be a Mac Mini, it could be the new MacBook Pros, which I just got, which is why we're talking about this, because I just experienced this myself. But we should also mention, this is something that Windows is bringing as well to the table for Android users. That is cool. So we'll talk about that once that's more officially available. Right now, it's kind of like a weird hack kind of beta stage. But in the new year, that's supposed to be rolled out. And that'll be really cool as well for Windows 11 users. And that can put their Android phones completely on their desktop. But we'll talk about that later. So one of the things that I did when I I, I just got a new MacBook Pro that I bought from Apple. Yeah. You won't shut up about it. No, you love it because it's it's amazing. if you could marry it you would marry that yes 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 it is great um battery life for days and i know for the first two days he, john just kept coming up to me look look i still got battery where's your battery <laughs> like well it ran out like about an hour and a half after i <laughs> turned my laptop on so yes you win the battery contest yes yeah. yes and it's fast though it's very fast yeah and we haven't had any problems doing any of the other stuff that we normally do so it was it's been fantastic Um, but one of the things that I do whenever I set up a new laptop is I try not to just do an upgrade from my old device, especially with this particular chipset, because my old laptop was a Intel based MacBook. Yes. And this is a Apple silicone M one, uh, pro Apple's making their own chips now, their own chips. So you go into the app store app on your MacBook. Yes. I'm running the, um, Monterey operating system. That's the latest, the latest and greatest. And uh, you go into the App Store and it shows you all the apps that you've purchased or or downloaded previously on your MacBook. So it was really easy for me to just sort of like click all the buttons to bring all that software in that I wanted, but also choose which ones I didn't want to bring over because maybe they weren't optimized yet for M1. But there's a little tab, iPad and iPhone apps. You click on that, it shows you a good chunk of what apps you've ever installed in either your iPad or your iPhone. Not all apps are going to work this way because the developers actually have to actively hit a checkbox in their app for this functionality to work. Do they have to change anything in the code or just... Nope. Nope. Just nope. works. No, it just works. Uh, they're using Rosetta 2 to, to basically emulate your phone. Okay. And so a couple interesting scenarios behind this. One, you can just use the search box and you can just search for any app. And in the App Store app, there'll be a Mac OS and an iPhone slash iPad tab. You click on the different tabs to, to get the appropriate app. Obviously, things like um, that would work better on a desktop. You're going to want to install the desktop version, but there's certain things that I can only install on my phone or my tablet that would be really useful to have on my desktop. One thing, I used a TP-Link mesh router system that we talk about all the time. Yes. You can only configure it and administer it via your phone, which is fine, but what if I my phone's on the other side of the house or room I just want to check on something quickly. You can actually install that Deco app on your desktop and it pops up like a little little app. Looks like your iPhone little pop-up. And it, so it's it, not taking up the full screen? No. 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 But so that's just one simple example. Uh, Robin, one of our uh, content creators here, he uses Evo, the, the car share service, all the time. And he's able to actually book an Evo on his MacBook 
the same way. You can't do that through a web browser or anything. You have to use the app. Yeah. You still have to unlock the car with your phone, okay. but it's super easy and super convenient while you're sitting at your desk. Like, oh, I'm going to just book a car for this afternoon, that kind of thing. But even games, like if you have a favorite game, it will, it will work for the most part. I've, I haven't found any that didn't work. So does it take up the full screen if it's in landscape mode? No. 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 It, it depends on the app, depends how it's coded, depends on a lots of different things, but I haven't really found anything that didn't work. There, I have a bunch of video synth apps, for example, that use the camera and the microphone to do visual effects and things like that. Those all worked perfectly, like shockingly good. Yeah. And everything works. You still have the little pop-ups like for permissions and location uh, data, all that kind of stuff, just like you would on your phone, but I'm using it on my desktop or my, or my laptop and even your uh, Apple keychain, all your passwords and stuff like that, you can log into your apps. It'll pull in those keychain passwords if you have them as well. So is this easy to do? Can like normal people do yes. this? Yeah. Just like installing an app on your phone, you're basically installing it on your MacBook. As long as you're putting in your Apple ID. Yeah. And it's just smooth. Smooth, yeah. You will get a warning that says some of these apps may not have been tested on macOS. Yeah. But I haven't found any that didn't work. Okay. So it's pretty cool. So it kind of opens your MacBook up to a whole bunch of other apps. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay, we are going to have to take a break here on the App Show. We've got a lot more to talk about. Uh, coming up, we'll be doing a gift guide on tablets. You want to stay tuned for that. And the App Store Awards, the best apps and games of the year. You're listening to the App Show with Mike and John. Back after this. You're back with the program. Mike and John here. Still lots to talk about in today's program, including our holiday gift guide for tablets. What you should look for. Okay. The App Store has come out uh, with their yearly App Store Awards for the best apps and games of the year. This is the Apple App Store. Yeah. Yeah. Still, although there's more Google Android users in the world, Apple still takes in more money on their App Store. Well, I think the Android people would have a thing to say about that. (laughs) That's why they're on the Android side. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of the uh, the most popular games and apps that are available for uh, iPad and iPhone uh, users. And of course, uh, John, also MacBook people can yeah. do some of these apps uh, as well, depending on what uh, MacBook they have. Uh, iPhone app of the year. I haven't heard of this one. No. No, this is uh, Toka Life World from Toka Boca. Or Taka Life World from Taka Baka. Because <laughs> it seems to be a kid's game. Yes. But, uh, That's probably this, why you haven't heard about it. Yeah. It's a very colorful uh, uh, animated uh, kid's game. And uh, again, uh, one of the uh, the winners this year of Game of uh, the Year for iPhones. Uh, the iPad app of the year, John, Luma Fusion from LumaTouch. Have you used this? I haven't, but Robin has. Yeah. And he loves it. And, and why? What does it do? Well, essentially what it is, is it, it basically gives you uh, sort of, you know, like Instagram filters. Yeah. Those on steroids. Okay. For your photo manipulations. Yeah. So. Is this aimed at uh, professionals or can anyone use this? Um, I think probably professionals because I think it is a paid app. Yeah. So um, you'd have to really be into photography and stuff like that yeah. to, to pay for it. It's not terribly expensive though. Uh, the Mac app of the year. So this is uh, for Mac users, iMac users and uh, MacBook uh, users is Craft uh, from Lukey Labs. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what kind of an app it is. <laughs> it looks like uh, sort of like, you remember those recipe cards people used to have, their little recipe 
boxes yeah and they write down there on the index cards it looks like that for all your crafting hobbies yes yeah very very cool digital version uh moving along we have uh apple tv app of the year this is a popular one not surprising this uh, is the number one yeah dazone and that's spelled to d-a-z-n when, when i first heard about this app i couldn't pronounce it i was calling it dazen that's how I pronounce it. <laughs> but again, spelled D-A-Z-N is Dazone. It's uh, one of the most popular sports streaming apps out there. So if you're into the NFL or especially into football or soccer, as we say here in North America, they have all those games and so much more. There's uh, all kinds of different sports uh, that are available on it. And if you are a sports enthusiast, is definitely the app uh, to have. There is, uh, of course, a monthly subscription fee on it, uh, but uh, many people swear by it. Uh, Apple Watch app of the year. Carrot weather. Yeah, this is really interesting. This is basically one of those uh, weather uh, forecasting apps, but you get very, very detailed weather forecasts on your watch okay like right down to like the radar of the weather systems and everything like that on it kind of important uh, nowadays <laughs> in canada especially vancouver mm-hmm. uh, with the amount of uh, rain we've been getting but uh, when you say precise it actually almost shows you like a little radar map of where you are and where like the precipitation is coming in from and how fast but and the cool thing about this on your watch when you get it you also get the widgets for your phone Got it, yeah. Which is, which is really nice. Cool. What's the next one here? Game, iPhone game of the year, League of Legends, Wild Rift from Riot Games. So League of Legends has been a very popular online multiplayer game on on desktop PCs and laptops. Probably, arguably, it was the number one game for online players for the last few years. There's huge tournaments worldwide for this game, and now you can play it on your phone. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't addicting before on the desktop. So this is uh, like a multiplayer battle game where you team up uh, with your friends and, and fight other people. And you can assume all sorts of different characters uh, to, to do that uh, as well. iPad game of the year, Marvel Future Revolution. So this is uh, based on the Marvel uh, Universe. It's from uh, Netmarble. And this is a, uh, a 3D fighting type of uh, game. But, John, it is beautiful. It's just amazing how good the games are on iPads now they're they're just like an Xbox or PlayStation yeah it's, it's I couldn't tell the difference here no but just looking at this Marvel game like Doctor Strange is doing his little spell casting thing and he's against fighting. the kingpin yeah and it's it looks like well not quite like you're watching the movie but it looks like a very well done animated series definitely but it's live video game Mac game of the year an oldie but goodie they've obviously uh, redone this but remember remember Mist. Yeah. From Broderbund. Did you ever finish that? No, no. No. That was a hard game. It was very hard game. Well, they have uh, obviously an updated version. Uh, this is Mist from uh, Cyan. And uh, if you have a Mac, definitely something to check out. Apple TV Game of the Year, Space, Space Marshals 3. Again, a really beautiful 3D rendered uh, game from Pixel Byte. And uh, this works in conjunction with your Apple TV and the Apple TV remote. And I have to say, John, I'm really enjoying the new remote for Apple TVs. It is by far my favorite remote control now. Remember the one before? It was the worst remote control in the history of man. We should take ours out back and shoot them or something. Because oh, they're so we should, awful. We should do a video. Yeah. But see, but now I'm going to buy, like I've, I think I've got about three Apple TVs in my house. <laughs> and the, what are they, 70 bucks? They're not inexpensive. No. But, but they're, they're literally worth it though. 
they're indestructible. Like yeah. it's all like made out of aluminum, like a one piece aluminum, but the control pad on it is beautiful because you can click it, but it also, it's a touch sensor. So you can kind of scroll with it as well by I also sliding over it. It remains paired with my Apple TV much better than the old one did. Oh, really? Yeah. The other one, I kept getting this little pop-up saying, has disconnected your remote. Crazy. Okay, Apple Arcade Game of the Year. Apple Arcade is a, a monthly subscription you can get from Apple. It's actually great value, John, because you can get over 100 games for, you know, I think just over $5 a month. Like, it, it's probably one of the best deals as far as games are concerned. And everything from strategy games to arcade games to card games, you name it, there's that type of uh, game there. And so this year, John, uh, the game of uh, uh, Apple Arcade game of the year is Fantasian from Mistwalker. And again, uh, a really beautiful rendered 3D fantasy game. It's just so crazy to think that some of these games, because we're looking at them on our screens, these are on phones and tablets. Come a long way. They just look so good. Okay, we're going to have to take another break. And uh, we've got a lot more to talk about uh, on today's program. And uh, of course, don't forget to enter our contest, uh, giving away a bunch of prize packs from Philips Hue Smart Lighting, over $1,000 worth. And you can find out more information at getconnectedmedia.com. We will be back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. We've been doing a lot of holiday gift guides. Uh, We're going to talk about the best tablets to get for Christmas. And they, I'm just looking at the list, John. It is a little more Apple skewed, but they, they do have probably the best tablets out there still. Yeah, I mean, it... Well, let's talk. Let's 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 break it down by price, for example. Okay. So on the budget side, um, the original iPad was what about three fifty? Yeah, four hundred somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. But on the Android side, you can get a lot cheaper. Uh, Amazon have their Fire HD tablets are amazing. For the they're the they're the winner in my head because yeah. they are very inexpensive. You get them on sale; they can be as I've seen them literally as cheap as fifty bucks. Yeah. And those aren't high powered ones though. They're not super high powered, no, but they're good. They're great for kids. They have their own little app store, the the uh, Amazon App Store. So it's like a version of the Google Play Store. It's interesting, yeah, because the Google Play Store has millions of apps. Amazon's App Store doesn't have as many. They are Android apps, yeah. but I think it's better curated, isn't it? Well, it, you're less likely to get some nasty malware or fake apps because yeah. it's so well curated or crappy apps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of them, some of the tablets, you can even get them cheaper because they subsidize them with ads, if that's important to you. What's interesting, uh, we've talked about this in the past, Windows 11, uh, eventually here in the next year, will allow you to actually use Android apps through Windows 11, which will just change everything, I think. Yeah. And they're actually using the Amazon App Store for that. Right, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had to get an Android tablet on a budget, you're saying basically an Amazon fire tablet yeah because you know they're a couple hundred dollars they're they're cheaper than apple they're a little bit smaller form factor which i like yeah um although they do have bigger ones um but not quite as like big as the ipad pros yeah but depending you know what time of year you can get these things for under 100 yeah 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 they do have the higher powered ones that are like two to three hundred dollars but they also have great ones for kids that are very kid focused yeah and you could some of them even come with the special super foamy tablet case case for it so that they're indestructible yeah they also have like a productivity one that, you know, you can get like a keyboard and Office 365 for. So it's almost like a little mini computer. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And if you want to spend a little bit more money on the Android side, Samsung's got a ton of different tablets. The options. Galaxy tablets yeah. are definitely the way to look at if yeah. you're on the 
higher powered Android side that you're looking for. Yeah, I'd stay away from some of those generic brands you've never heard of for the Android stuff. It's not worth it. No, because you're just going to be frustrated. Yeah. You know, yeah, it might be $60 at Walmart, but... No, don't do it. (laughs) You'll be returning it. Yeah, at least with like Amazon and Samsung and, you know, the other guys, the names you recognize, you know you're going to be able to get service for that tablet if you ever need it. Yeah. So on the iPad side, the, the lowest price would just be the basic one. Yeah. And, and that also, it's, it's important to notice that particular one still uses the lightning connector. Everything else uses the USB-C connector now. Yeah. And if I was to buy an iPad today, it would be the iPad mini, the new one that just, just dropped. It's beautiful, but it's, it's expensive for a small tablet. It is, but it's a very powerful tablet. Yeah. It's, it's like a giant iPhone. Yeah. Right. But it's still smaller than the other tablets. And it's it's just the perfect form factor. It's just like a nice little magazine that you're carrying around as opposed to a bigger magazine. Yeah. You know, a tabloid magazine versus uh, a nice little small one. So uh, iPad mini has always been my favorite form factor. Um, But like you said, it is a little bit up there. Um, I myself personally have an iPad air from last year. How much is that one? About a thousand bucks. But it's beautiful. It is. Yeah. And for a lot of people, the mini or the air the, the current gen mini and the current gen air, those could be desktop replacements. Yeah. Cause they've got this, um, the air has the smart connector. So you can just snap the keyboard on there Yeah, and they're fast. Like they're pa- like they're instant on yeah. and super powerful. Like they're faster than most of the windows laptops out there. Yeah. Yeah. And people love it because you can do all your video conferencing on it. You can do all your surfing. You got all the huge app stores. Everything just works. And the battery life is fantastic on these ones. Yeah, it's all day or two days. <laughs> yeah. Depending. But you know what? I love I love the, the, the entry-level iPad, John. And I'll tell you why. It's in the $400 price range. It's got the smart connector, the magnetic smart connector, so you can buy the optional iPad uh, keyboard. I think Logitech makes one, too, that's cheaper. I think the Apple one's like $130 or something yeah. like that. I think Logitech has one for like 100 But it basically turns it into a laptop. Yeah. And I got one for my parents and they love it. I don't have any tech support issues anymore. Yeah. Because they had a Windows desktop before and God help me because there's just too much going on. Yeah. And so now they can use it as a tablet and just with their fingers touch all the different apps they need to. And if they want to do email and stuff, it's so easy, right? You just click the keyboard on, you know, got the stand and, and basically they can type away. They're also great for pets, at least cats. <laughs> There's all kinds of great cat apps you can get for an iPad. Yeah. You just literally put it on a couch or on the floor and it'll chase fish around. On really? The screen. Yeah. It's super fun to watch. If you have a kitten or something like that. You must just... really love your cat to get it an iPad. Well, I wouldn't get it an iPad. I'd let it use mine, but. Yeah. You're not, you're not worried? It's hours of entertainment. No. Hmm. Okay. So the next level up would be the iPad Pros. Yes. Yeah. Which are beautiful. Yeah. And super high powered. So that, I mean, they last for years. Like I've, I've got an yeah. iPad Pro from like five years ago. Yeah. And it's amazing still. It, it, it's always a struggle though with, with when you get up into that price point, would it, you be better off getting a MacBook? Yeah. I mean, I think it really boils down to what your use case is, but also portability. Yeah. Are you, are you installing uh, desktop apps or are you just happy surfing the web and using FaceTime, right? Like, well, then that's not the iPad for you or tablet for you. It's too much. Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I know a lot of people, like our, our graphics guys at the office, they have iPad Pros because they get the pencil, Apple Pencil. Everybody has the pencil if you're even remotely creative. Yeah, yeah, and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's brilliant. I want to throw another tablet at you, Microsoft Surface. Yeah, those are true laptops. 
Yeah, they yeah. definitely, but they still behave like that. Yeah. But we've also even seen some Chromebooks that work as a tablet. Yeah. And also some uh, some other sort of hybrid computers that have a screen that can fold around or fold or to be removed like the Surface. And then you have a, a, a proper Windows 11 tablet. Yes. I kind of, I really wish Apple would have like a Mac OS tablet that's a MacBook like Kind of like the surface kind of... Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean we, we... They don't need to. Well, I know that, but I want to go the other way, though. I want to be able to install my own apps. Wouldn't it be great if they had a hybrid one that... Because Mac OS now can run iPad apps, right? Well, no, but that's just it, right? Like, yeah. So that's that's the struggle we, we talked about earlier about being able to put iOS and iPad apps on your MacBook. Yeah. But if they're touch-based, you're, you're, you're stuck using your trackpad or a mouse. I bet we'll see one one day. I think so. One day. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the contest. We're giving away over $1,000 in smart lighting from Philips Hue. And we're going to tell you how to do it and how to get extra entries. You'll want to enter this contest. The prizes are amazing. You're listening to your favorite uh, app tech show, The App Show, back after this. Thanks again for tuning into The App Show this week. We also have our sister show, Get Connected. It's on across the country every Saturday, Saturday nights in Toronto. And both of our programs, The App Show and Get Connected, are podcast as well. So if you've missed any of them or you want to go back, you can go to our website. We've got all the links up there under the Listen tab. Or just go to your favorite podcasting software, whether that's Spotify or iTunes or anything. And uh, you can basically subscribe to it and uh, load them right onto your phone and listen to it anytime. We get a lot of people that maybe listen to it in the car yeah. and they miss something. Yeah. When you get home, go to the listen tab on getconnectedmedia.com and you can pick up right where you left off or rewind back and get that name of that product that we talked about. Exactly. Uh, our contest, John. Yeah. Philips Hue, smart lighting, giving away over $1,000 in smart lighting stuff and it's super easy to enter. Just go to getconnectedmedia.com, look for the Philips Hue giveaway you can't miss it. It's on the homepage, right in the big photo area. Click on that, follow the instructions there, and you're good to go. Make sure you're signed up for our newsletter as well, if you're not already, because we're going to have some additional entries in our newsletter later this week. And this is the important thing with our contest. It, it's kind of interactive and fun. Every week, we're going to be giving you new ways to get extra entries into it, which is great. And I, I encourage you to enter. It's not like there's millions of people entering. The no. odds are like way better on our contest than playing the lottery. Oh, way better. Like hugely better. And arguably our prizes are better. <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind winning $10 million. Well, yeah, but if you that's can't win $10 million. Of, that's a lot of Philips Hue smart lighting. That, that, that would be. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to give away $1,000 worth of it. Yeah. So. It's good stuff. Yeah. Again, getconnectedmedia.com for the contest, our blogs, and all our videos as well. I want to thank John and Christina and, uh, of course, Stephen and Robin, who helped put all of this together. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.